So I'm Pastor Jason, I'm the lead pastor here, and excited to be able to share a little bit with you, kind of taking a step away. We've been going through the book of Galatians, which we'll get back into, but we have um, a, a, little, a little time today, as the kids are staying with us, we're going to have a, a little kind of final plus one wrap up. So we heard all those big ideas um, that the kids uh, shared with us, and so I have one more big idea for us this morning, and I'm going to have it go up on the screen so you can see it, and it's this. My faith grows deeper when I know God's deep love. My faith grows deeper when I know God's deep love. So the title of the message this morning is God's Secret Mission. Have you ever had something that you wanted to keep a secret? What are, what's something, and I, and I don't mean like, you know, you broke the vase in the family room, but like a good secret. What is something like you didn't want somebody to know? What kind of things do people try to keep secret? Proposals, yes. What else? Age. <laughs> Surprise party. Yes. What was that? Don't know. Yes, that too. So birthday present, surprise party. You remember uh, Diver Dan kept the prank secret and his identity. Nobody knows who Diver Dan is, right, everybody? <laughs> I know who it is. So Diver Dan, every time, would come and prank Miss Michelle, and it was kind of a secret, and then we had a secret prank for him. It was very funny. But God also has a secret mission. And interestingly enough, our verse from Campus Coast comes from Ephesians chapter 3, and that's where we're going to go this morning. So if you have a Bible, you can open it. If you have an app, flip that thing open. If you want to borrow a Bible, there's one behind the seats. But I'm going to also have it up on the screen. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. We talk about this secret mission that God has. Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 3, it says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. So Paul, the apostle, felt like he was not deserving. He's the least deserving person, and sometimes maybe you don't think you're deserving of God's love either. This is true, and you're going to find that these simple truths that are true for our children are also true for us. And there's sometimes where we feel like, man, I'm just not good enough. I don't really deserve to go on a mission trip. I don't really deserve to be able to pray. I don't really deserve to have a relationship with God. I don't really deserve to be loved. Paul felt the same way. Paul didn't feel like he was deserving. But the cool thing is, even though Paul wasn't following God even, that he was persecuting, God found him and loved him and gave him grace and a purpose. And that's the same thing that he does for us. None of us are deserving, but we all have a similar purpose. The similar purpose is to have an opportunity to have a real and right relationship with God and then to share that relationship with other people. Right? Just share our story. That's when our faith also grows. So, so this person that didn't think they were deserving actually found God's love was deeper than his sin. God's love was deeper than his undeservedness. Then in verse 9 it says, 
I was chosen to explain to everyone this, what's the word up there? Mysterious. Say it again, mysterious. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept, what's the word? Secret from the beginning. Isn't it interesting that God had a secret, mysterious mission? What was it? Look at verse 10. It says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. So God has a mysterious secret mission. What is that? It's you. It's the church. You and I were God's secret mysterious mission to reach the world with a knowledge of Christ. You think about it. God could have done a a million different things to reach the world, right? Write it in the sky, angels singing it from heaven, All kinds of amazing things. But he chose you in all of our diversity, in all of our variety, and said, I'm going to reveal my love through my people. It was a mystery. It was a secret. But it was his purpose. It was his plan. And sometimes the same is true for us. Sometimes we can look at our lives and be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this school year is going to bring. I don't, I don't know what this, this move is going to, ha- you know, going to influence my life. I don't know how this new job is going to be. I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know, uh, you know, this new baby. I think there's so many mysteries in life, right? I, I don't know what this year is going to hold. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this or that. It's a mystery to us, but it's not a mystery to God. We can be sure God loves us and he has a plan. We can be sure that God loves us and he has a plan. You may not know it yet, but you can be sure that God knows it. And God fulfilled his plan all the way. We've been going through, you know, Genesis. And just this last week on Wednesday nights, going through Genesis, just last week, we were introduced to Abram. And how Abram becomes the father of the faith. And for thousands of years, from the seed of Abram, who becomes Abraham, all the way through, Christ is born. That plan was fulfilled, though a thousand times it looked like it would never happen. And God's plan in your life will be fulfilled. Because he loves you. And he has a purpose and a plan. We were separated from him by our sin, but his mission was to bring us into relationship. And so Christ came. Jesus came. God in the flesh came to live a perfect life and to die and pay for our sin. Right, that's the plan. And then from that plan, I can receive that life that that he paid for, and I can share that life with other people. And that's his secret, mysterious 
mission. That's the plan. You and I would be able to do that. Look at verse 12. Then what happens? Then what? I I put my faith in Christ. Then what happens? Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and our faith in him, those two things are key. If it wasn't for Christ, there's no way we could have a relationship with God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Because of Christ and my faith. You have to have faith. You have to put your faith in Christ. And once you put your faith in Christ, you can come boldly and confidently. Don't you just love that? Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we take that for granted, you know, but you go back to the Old Testament and, and, and you see the temple and the veil and all the things that, that kept you from being in contact with God, that made it a fearful thing to step into the presence of God. But because of God's great love and because of the sacrifice of the Son, you and I can come boldly, confidently, Because that's how a kid comes into their house, right? Have you noticed that? Have you seen that? Kids, when is the last time that you knocked on the front door? Anybody? You don't knock on the front door, right? Even if you're a grown kid, right? You're coming home, you just like open the door. Hey, mom. (laughs) Open up the fridge, right? Is that the first, anybody else? That's the first thing you do when you get home. It's like the, that's like a magnet. I just go look in the fridge. But I can come boldly, confidently, because of great love. I don't have to worry. I'm not nervous. You, you come up to some stranger's house, and you're like, you're like nervous. You ring the doorbell. You look in their little ring camera, whatever. You don't have to do that with God. Some of you do, though. You do that, but you don't have to. Some of you are so worried or nervous or distant And you don't have to be. The Bible says you can come boldly, confidently. Here's our next idea on the screen for you. We don't have to be afraid, worried, or shy with God. You don't have to be afraid, worried, or shy with God. He loves you. You're accepted in Christ. If you put your faith in Christ, you're accepted. The other day, yesterday, yesterday at our work day, yesterday morning, um, we had like so many people come yesterday to help clean up the church. So I just want to thank you guys for all the help yesterday. <laughs> Rooms were painted, things were cleaned, egg was scraped off the pavement from Camp at Coast. So all kinds of amazing things happened yesterday. But it was funny because like one of the families came and, and one of the little guys was like, hiding behind dad's legs, right? I was like, hey, how's it going, right? You know, you know how that is? And that look, like, uh, <laughs> right? It's like, hey, what's up? And they're like, I don't know you, stranger, danger. I'm gonna hide behind my dad. You don't have to do that with God. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be shy. You don't have to be worried. He's already shown you how much he loves you. So verse 13, we keep going through Ephesians and says this, so please, you, don't, you can come boldly and confidently, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here, Paul says. I am suffering for you. 
So you should feel honored. And here's the truth that sometimes we equate God's love with a carefree life. We equate God's love and God's plan with like a trouble-free existence. Like, well, if God loves me, then it's going to be smooth sailing. And that is not accurate. You're going to have trouble. In fact, Jesus promised it. Several times in Scripture, it is promised you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. You will have difficulty. That is going to happen. So never confuse the love of God with the mess of your life. (laughs) And be like, well, God must not love me because fill in your blank, right? Can everybody just take a minute and fill it in, whatever it is in your head? Raise your hand when you got it. I won't make you say it, but you know what it is. You're like, this cruddy thing in my life right now could easily make me think God doesn't love me. Right? Like, some of you, it's a big thing. Some of you, it's just annoying. (laughs) Those two things are separate. God loves you, and he's working a plan in your life through the difficulties. He is not like you and I are. Like, you and I, like, when we want something to work out, we try to, like, really just smooth it out and make sure it's clear and make sure it's easy. And God can take the mess of your life and continue working his plan. In fact, he's actually really good at it. (laughs) He takes all things and works them together for good for us who are loved and called by him. So Paul says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees. Verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I'll just say, don't forget that when you pray. Sometimes our prayers are so weak because we forget who God is. God is the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And you and I can come boldly and confidently. Our prayers should be powerful because our God is powerful. So what is he going to pray? Verse 16, he tells us, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That's what his prayer is. With, with all the power and the glory and the might and the majesty of God, he's like, listen, this is what I'm really asking. I'm asking that inside you will be strong. I'm asking inside God will strengthen you. So our big idea there is God makes us strong inside. God makes us strong inside. Because even though it's the difficulties of the world and the challenges and the temptations are outside, the choices are made inside. And that's where we need the strength. All this stuff is going to happen outside. There will be trouble. There will be difficulty. There will be temptations. All of that. But it doesn't matter if I am strong inside. Paul would say, none of these things move me. Right? Why? Because I'm strong inside. God gives us a strength not just to flex. Right? It's like if you go to the gym or you're on Instagram and you see those people just flexing in the mirror. 
right? They just want to see how big their muscles are. God doesn't make us strong so we can flex. God makes us strong so we can follow from our heart. So he's praying that you would be strong inside. Verse 17, Paul goes on and he says, okay, when you're strong inside, what happens then? Then, verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And here's our big idea. This is where our big idea comes in. I'm going to put it up on the screen. My faith grows deeper. Finish it. When I know God's deep love. I know you can do way better than that. So we're just going to try it one more time. Ready? It's on the screen for you. Nice and loud. Everybody like feel it. My faith grows deeper when I know God's deep love. Why? He makes two analogies here. Do you notice that? Christ will make his home in your hearts. That's the first analogy he's saying, like we talked about, like Grace talked about, like inviting Christ into your heart. I know that sounds silly, but it's a biblical idea. He's saying right here that when you are strong inside, Christ comes inside and makes his home in your heart. He is at home. He is comfortable in your heart, in your life. That's that first part. Have you ever gone into a home? I remember when I was a kid. I remember when I was a little kid and I had neighbors, you know, we played outside in the street and all that. And one day I went over to their home. I went inside their home. And I, I, and this is, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I was like, oh, I'm so glad I don't live here. Like, it smelled like wet dog so bad. Like, so bad. And, I mean, you know, I, it just, I was so glad that wasn't my home. Have you ever had that feeling? You know, have you ever gone somewhere and you just be like, isn't it nice to see you, but I'm glad this isn't my house? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? So the question is, does Christ come inside our heart and be like, (laughs) I need to do some work here. Yes, he does. But he wants to make it his home. That's why he's had it, like kind of changes things up, kind of moves things around, washes the walls, maybe a little paint, changes out the couch, changes the TV completely, right? (laughs) He makes changes in our hearts so he can be at home. Because Christ in our home, or Christ in our hearts, and him at home makes us stronger. Grows our faith deeper. He is nearer. And then the second analogy, what has roots? Anybody? What has roots? Trees. Trees have roots, plants have roots, right? And so he's saying, listen, your your roots will grow down into God's love. I've heard heard it said, and I don't know that much about trees, but I've heard it said that some trees actually grow stronger roots in a storm. I've heard that some trees actually grow stronger roots when the wind blows. And that's true, I think, in our lives. 
when you feel the pressure, don't give up, but go deeper. Go deeper down into the love of God because it's deep enough to hold you. And so the wind comes and the storms blow, but I know that God loves me. And I, my roots are just wrapped, secure, tight in the love of God. So here's our memory verse, verse 18. Do I have pod leaders in the house? Can I get some, can I get some help with this? A little impromptu. So here we have verse 18. It's going to be on the board. And if any, get up here. I'm, I'm not going to do this by myself. All the way up here. All the way up here. They're going to come up. Give them a hand. It's going to take them a second. I've got. So our pod leaders and, and any kid that wants to come on stage, just for fun. Anybody want to come up and do it with them on the stage? I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, all right, we got some helpers. All right, Lane's coming up. Are you guys coming up? You better hurry, you better hurry. Okay, so we're going to put the memory verse on the screen for all the adults. Come on, come on, come on. You're good, you're good. Come all the way up, all the way up. This is going to be a good time. So, <laughs> Ephesians 3.18. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready, kids? See, they learned that at camp too. Okay, ready? One, Go. Two, Great job, great job, everybody. All right, back to your seats, back to your seats. Good job, good job, good job, good job. There it is. There it is. I told you the starfish, right? So, Ephesians 3.18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. So, just for funsies, I'll just go a little Greek on you. The word understand here originally isn't just to know, but it's to make it your own. That's what you and I need to do. We need to make the love of God our own. And realize not just that God loves or God is love, but God loves me. So make it personal and say it with me. God loves me. Say it again like you believe it. God loves me. Look at the neighbor that you think like maybe they don't believe it and tell him God loves you. Ready? God loves you. You. So here's the idea from this verse. We must make his love our own. And the truth is, you guys know this, if you don't make it your own, it does you no good. Yeah, I heard that God is love. Yeah, I heard God loves, but I don't know if he loves me. He loves you. He does. It's true. It's real. How wide? God's love is so wide, there is room for everyone. 
His love is open for anyone. How long? There is never a time where his love for you will expire. Like, dang, it's been a while since I've been in church. Maybe he doesn't love me anymore. Never expires. His love is without limits of time. How high? How high is God's love? God's love is so high that it covers all my sin. That's a lot. It's that high. His love is unconditional. How deep? God's love is so deep, you can never reach the bottom. It's bottomless. You think you're, you've, you've gone to the bottom, it goes deeper still. His love is never ending. And so the last verse here in chapter 3, verse 19, it says this. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Do you see that? Experiencing God's love gives us life and power. Have you ever met someone that doesn't understand or doesn't enjoy or doesn't just live in the love of God? And you're like, man, it's They're missing out. Their life is shallow. Their power is weak. You and I, we can have power. We can have fullness. We can be strong because we know God's love is real. And it's real for us. It's real for you. It's real for me. And isn't that amazing that God would love you that God knows you personally that God knows you particularly that God knows you intimately and yet he still loves you completely that's amazing that's deep love